0: Hello listeners, welcome to another episode on Rising Above Shadows of Abuse, Raza, with your host, Grace Hopper. Eleanor Williams, Perjury Trial. In episode 61 of Rising Above Shadows of Abuse, Integrative Psychotherapist Sharon Anderson, illustrated just how difficult it was for men who had been wrongly accused of sexual abuse to get help and the complete lack of information available on the subject. Then, in the first week of January 2023, a young woman was found guilty on several charges of perjury after making numerous false allegations against a number of men who had been accused of sexual violence, rape and human trafficking. During the course of the trial, it was revealed that every single one of these serious allegations was found to be fabricated by the supposed victim and that there was no evidence to substantiate any of the charges leveled against the accused men. Yet the reputational and psychological damage to these men was devastating and by virtue of the fact that many women have been the victims of abuse, many men have escaped justice for sexual offences that they have committed. The actions of this woman have seriously undermined the years of positive work undertaken by dedicated organisations and individuals involved in upholding the rights of and tackling the abuse against women in this country. 22-year-old Eleanor Williams from Barrow in Furness was found guilty on eight separate charges of perverting the course of justice by telling malevolent lies about being trafficked by an Asian grooming gang and make false rape allegations against a series of white men. The jury at the Preston Crown Court took under four hours of deliberation to reach their verdict. Many people were taken in by Williams' lies which led to a worldwide solidarity movement being formed to support her after she posted graphic photos of herself on Facebook, alleging she had been beaten and raped by men who took her to sex parties around the northwest of England. The photographs of William's butted body are graphic and upsetting, and were done in order to advance her accusations, knowing they would carry significant weight in the court of public opinion. This was not the work of a professional makeup artist, but someone who was prepared to inflict a substantial amount of pain on herself through a process of serious self-abasement. It's testament to her tenacity that the so-called victim was prepared to bludgeon herself with a club hammer, but from Tesco's to inflict serious injuries that were eventually blamed on an entire innocent man, who, in Williams's warped mind, was intended to be perceived as a violent abuser tens of thousands of pounds in donations were raised by charities and individuals in many cases by people who didn't even know her the allegations she made polarized opinions in the town and instigated an outbreak of mob justice resulting in vigilante attacks on ethnic minorities those accused and business premises belonging to them far-right organizations began to infiltrate the town including tommy robinson who came to investigate and carry out independent research, but there was suspicion that he was just using the case and the town to promote his own agenda and stir up trouble. In addition, the authority of Cumbria police had been compromised with allegations of cover-ups when Williams's lies started to be revealed before and after prosecutions against some of the suspect men had been instigated leading to one man being incarcerated on remand and others subjected to suspicion abuse and threats from thousands of opinionated parties locally nationally and internationally many of the details surrounding the case against williams could not be made public for fear of prejudicing her future trials so detectives were unable to reveal the evidence they had against her notably forensic analysis, which suggested her injuries were self-inflicted with the hammer she had bought. They were unable to intervene as the Williams family started a Facebook page to draw attention to her plight and raise a substantial sum of money by crowdfunding. All Cumbria Constabulary were able to say at the time was that a year-long investigation with the National Crime Agency and a subsequent independent review found no evidence to support claims of the presence of any grooming gang in Barrow. A serious question remains as to why the police took Williams so seriously. Cumbria constabulary said they were dealing with an extreme set of circumstances, with a wide range of false accounts, with a duty to prove and disprove, thus supporting both victim and suspect, even where those roles became merged. The local authority, too, have been subject to much media scrutiny, particularly when it was revealed that William's mother, a local labour councillor called Alison Johnston, and Charity Head, says she stands by most of her daughter's claim, despite the convictions and the misery caused to her victims. She said to Mail Online that her daughter had been the subject of a national referral mechanism order which stated she had been trafficked for sexual purposes from the age of 12. Miss Justin said the other says Ellie was a victim of exploitation and trafficking from the age of 12. Personally I don't believe that because I think as her mother I would have known something was happening to her at such a young age but to us her family it says she was telling the truth that she was a victim in the way that she claimed to be and as her mother I believe her. There was some things she claimed that I do believe were not true. There were parts of it that she made up but I do believe that substantially she was telling the truth and she was the victim of abuse and trafficking. The local conservative MP, Simon Fell, made some belated attempt to calm the situation by stating that the community need to do some soul-searching and trundled out the usual doggerel about lessons needed to be learned. He said the case had caused huge community tensions in Barrow with an increase in racist attack on Asian people and on official surveillance operations being carried out on Asian businesses. I had doctors who worked at the local hospital come to me who were really concerned about their safety and their kids' safety. Asian pharmacists, GPs and nurses came to him expressing fear for their safety as a far-right fringe group called Patriotic Alternatives started campaigning against immigration in the town. A move fell believes were filled by the case. I know one gentleman who ran a quarry house. His wife left him and took his children away because accusations were made against him. This really affected people, genuine people who've been in the community for years and years and years. A local journalist who covered Williams' trial had to leave town with her family for her own safety after multiple death threats were made against her for not initially giving Williams the required support. Amy Fenton, a reporter with a local mail newspaper, temporarily left Cumbria on police advice after receiving threats. She had covered Williams' first court appearance for perverting the course of justice and also interviewed a number of Asian restaurateurs who received death threats after wrongly being accused of being part of the grooming ring. What this case has done is ripped apart a town on the edge of England with a large population that geographically is a long way from anywhere else. It is situated on the Irish Sea, that geographically is on the edge of the picturesque Lake District, where the main opportunities for employment in the area are building nuclear submarines, and until very recently, the reprocessing of nuclear waste as what is recognised as the world's largest radioactive dumping ground. Williams' original Facebook post May during the first COVID lockdown on 20th of May 2020 prompted more than 100,000 people to join a new group called Justice for Ellie and prompted a crowdfunding appeal which saw more than 1,000 people donate 22,000 to help bring her abusers to justice. However, what Williams failed to mention in her Facebook post that went viral, was she had already been charged with making false rape allegations against four men. That post also drove a sharp rise in racism and Islamophobia in the town. Windows were smashed, restaurants were boycotted and one Muslim takeaway owner was chased down the street by men who poured alcohol over his head. She also ruined the lives of... A number of men who were falsely accused of the alleged crimes they were spattered ostracized and called pedo to their faces within days the word pedo was everywhere in evidence throughout the town williams framed many other innocent men some were accused of being people traffickers operating an international smuggling ring and that a random stranger she had a brief encounter with in a back alley had raped her Others found themselves drawn into a web of deceit when she started chatting to them online and then changed their names and identities in her phone to make them look like Asian abusers. She created Snapchat accounts bearing names which looked like her alleged abusers and manipulated her contacts so that real men sending her illicit messages via various social networks suddenly had Asian names. There was a high degree and sophistication to some of Williams's other lies, dating back over several years. The echo chamber of social media helped to amplify and spread her story. And it was these sites that assisted in framing and vilifying her victims. And she was undoubtedly aware of the reactions from the online world. It took Cumbria police some time to discover the Snapchat account had been created using the internet connection at the house of Williams's mother, a local labor councillor called Alison Johnston, and that Williams had multiple phones that were used to create a fictional web of abuses, supposed, and even genuine victims she created to corroborate her lies. Williams, who was also known as Ellie, was named by the authorities as the county's most vulnerable young woman, who was reported missing by her mother 32 times in one year. She frequently reappeared days later in mysterious locations, covered in cuts and bruises, intoxicated and half-naked. She was only 16 when she made her first false rape claim, involving another barrow teenager. When she had made her third allegation, police found her battered and naked in her own flat, unresponsive to the point they feared she might be dead. After police first arrested Williams on suspicion of perverting the cause of justice on 20th of July 2019, she continued to go missing and was found repeatedly alone and far away from home. On one occasion, she was discovered collapsed and half naked on Lancaster's Millennium Bridge, and some time later, she was found injured at Lancaster Railway Station. Giving evidence during the trial, Williams said she was taken there by the men. But she eventually admitted to lying about a whole series of incidents, including telling police that local businessman Mohammed Ramzar had trafficked her to Blackpool for a sex party and threatened to throw her in the sea when she had, in fact, gone to the seaside town alone. After the jury returned their unanimous verdicts, talk turned to psychiatric reports to be commissioned before the sentencing in March. One line of psychiatric investigation suggested by prosecutor Jonathan Sandiford Casey could be whether Williams had a factitious disorder, formerly known as Munchausen syndrome in which someone deceives others by appearing sick, purposely getting sick or by self-injury. MP Simon Fell believes that Williams is a victim of something and needs support. No one does what she did to her body and makes up their story that she made up and goes to the lengths that she went to without being someone who's broken in some way and quite damaged, he said. The most disturbing aspect of the case is it ruined the lives of those men she falsely accused who were spattered, ostracized and called pedo in the street. One of them, an 18-year-old man who had gone on a night out with her and friends, spent 10 weeks in prison on remand before police checked his alibi. Prison was very, very scary, said Jordan Trengov. I was put in cells with actual rapists and pedophiles. I shared with a man who admitted to me he was guilty of sending pictures to 8-year-old kids. The police eventually re- realized they had picked him up in Barrow Town Centre. On the very night, Williams first accused him of drugging and raping her. Having spotted him out in the street, the jury was shown a photograph of Trent Grove in the back of a police van with another girl at the exact time the rape was supposed to have occurred. Williams made two further claims against Gove, including false allegations that he had raped her at knife point, manipulating social media posts to make it look as though he was sending her Snapchat messages boasting about the rapes. The charges were dropped, but Gove had been found guilty in the court of public opinion, and someone painted the word rapist on the side of his house. Now 22, Gove says he suffers from depression and post-traumatic stress disorder as a result of his imprisonment and that he would have killed himself had he not become a father in august 2021 she has ruined my life he said i used to be a happy person i was always going on night out with my friends i was never in the house before this now i spend every day at home Ever since this went on, I feel like I've been trapped in my own little prison. I don't feel like I have a life anymore. It begs the question why Trengov was held on remand for 10 weeks when the police were well aware that he had an alibi and were actual witnesses to his whereabouts on the night of the Williams' accusations. Mohammed Ramzan, also known as Mo Rami, received more than five hundred death threats after Williams accused him of being the ringleader of the grooming gang. In addition to the false blackpool incident, she alleged that he had also taken her to Amsterdam where he sold her at a brutal to the highest bidder. And some time afterwards to Ibiza, where she and a number of other girls were pimped out to groups of men. Again, Williams manipulated social media messages in order to frame Ramzan but it did not take police too long to realise Ramzan had alibis for all the times and dates when all this incident had taken place. When he was supposed to be auctioning her off in Amsterdam, he was actually in Barrow B&Q, and examination of his passport showed he had never been to Ibithar. Nicola, Ramzan's wife, called the verdicts true justice for Ellie, but quite reasonably asked, why has she done it? That's what we want to know. Maybe we won't know the truth if she told you it tomorrow because it's all been lies from start to finish. The jury of six men and six women took just three and a half hours to find Williams unanimously guilty of eight counts of perverting the course of justice. Wendy Lloyd, senior crown prosecutor with the Northwest Rape and Serious Sexual Offense Unit, said, The impact on those falsely accused has been devastating, and this conviction now fully exonerates the men who she accused of serious sexual abuse. Each of Eleanor Williams's accusations were thoroughly investigated until it became clear that they were completely and incontrovertibly untrue and made with malevolent intent. False accusations of this kind are very rare. This has been an unusual case and it is important for victims of rape or sexual assault to understand that they should never fear coming forward to report the crime to police. The senior crime prosecutor accepts that there had been a seriously detrimental effect on the falsely accused. It is, however, somewhat disingenuous for her to state that false accusations of this kind are very rare it would have been more accurate to say that they are less common than actual accusations of rape and sexual assault, many of which don't actually get to court, let alone end in the conviction. Williams will be sentenced on 13th and 14th of March, 2023. The details of this case does nothing to prevent an increase in instances of abuse against women that have been exacerbated by the COVID-19 pandemic, over a decade of austerity and increases in the cost of living. It also undermines dedicated organizations who combat genuine instances of abuse and may even instill a sense of suspicion by creating a backlash from unreformed men inspired by the likes of Andrew, Andrew Tate. In an abusive gender war, men can be vulnerable victims too. This young woman did a great disservice to women everywhere. It eventually transpired that she was not actually a victim, but a calculated, callous perpetrator who devastated the lives of completely innocent men, said one detective involved with the case. Williams left in her wake a string of decimated male lives, ruined livelihoods and businesses, trashed reputations and shown an unflattering light on a raving undivided town that now has to face up to the anger and violence that had been unleashed by deviousness and false accusations, and all of this in the full glare of the world media's spotlight. The town of barrow in and its authorities also have to accept that they allowed, and it certainly didn't reject, advances made by malicious players to instigate and exploit local tensions for their own advantage by default every denizen of this unenviable place is tarred with the same shameful brush whatever their involvement or opinions in this sordid case what are your thoughts about this particular piece kindly leave your comments this has been grace of for Rising above shadows of abuse raza. Thank you and see you on our next episode. Be positive, be safe. Bye for now. If you've got any questions or inquiries, you can get in touch rising above shadows of abuse at gmail.com or our social media platforms. Rising above shadows of abuse. Twitter rising above abuse.